Our psalms this morning are Psalm 141, verses 1 through 4, and Psalm 142, and they're on page 517 through 518. Morning prayer starts on page 3. The hour cometh, and now is, when the true worshippers shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth, for the Father seeketh such to worship him. O Lord, open thou our lips, and our mouth shall show forth thy praise. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost. As it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Praise ye the Lord. The Lord's name be praised. Psalm 95 is on page 459. O come, let us sing unto the Lord. Let us heartily rejoice in the strength of our salvation. Let us come before his presence with thanksgiving, and show ourselves glad in him with psalms. For the Lord is a great God, and a great King above all gods. In his hands are all the corners of the earth, and the strength of the hills is his also. The sea is his, and he made it, and his hands prepared the dry land. O come, let us worship and fall down, and kneel before the Lord our Maker. For he is the Lord our God and we are the people of his pasture and the sheep of his hand. Today, if you will hear his voice, harden not your hearts, as in the provocation, and as in the day of temptation in the wilderness. When your fathers tempted me, proved me, and saw my works, forty years long was I grieved with this generation, and said, It is a people that do err in their hearts, for they have not known my ways unto whom I swear in my wrath, that they should not enter into my rest. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Psalm 141, verses 1 through 4. Lord, I call upon thee, haste thee unto me, and consider my voice when I cry unto thee. Let my prayer be set forth in thy sight as the incense, and let the lifting up of my hands be an evening sacrifice. Set a watch, O Lord, before my mouth, and keep the door of my lips. O let not mine heart be inclined to any evil thing. Let me not be occupied in ungodly works with the men that work wickedness. Neither let me eat of such things as please them. Psalm 142 I cried unto the Lord with my voice, yea, even unto the Lord did I make my supplication. I poured out my complaints before him, and showed him of my trouble. When my spirit was in heaviness, thou knewest my path. In the way wherein I walked have they privily laid a snare for me. I looked also upon my right hand, and saw there was no man that would know me. I had no place to flee unto, and no man cared for my soul. I cried unto thee, O Lord, and said, Thou art my hope, and my portion in the land of the living. Consider my complaint, for I am brought very low. O deliver me from my persecutors, for they are too strong for me. Bring my soul out of prison, that I may give thanks unto thy name, which thing, if thou wilt grant me, then shall the righteous resort unto my company. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost. As it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, 
world without end. Amen. Here beginneth the eighth chapter of the second book of Kings. Then Elisha spoke to the woman whose son he had restored to life, saying, Arise and go, you and your household, and stay wherever you can. For the Lord has called for a famine, and furthermore it will come upon the land for seven years. So the woman arose and did according to the saying of the man of God, and she went with her household and dwelt in the land of the Philistines seven years. It came to pass at the end of the seven years that the woman returned from the land of the Philistines, and she went to make an appeal to the king for her house and for her land. Then the king talked with Gehazi, the servant of the man of God, saying, Tell me, please, all the great things Elisha has done. Now it happened, as he was telling the king how he had restored the dead to life, that there was the woman whose son he had restored to life, appealing to the king for her house and for her land. Gehazi said, My lord, O king, this is the woman, and this is her son whom Elisha restored to life. And when the king asked the woman, she told him. So the king appointed a certain officer for her, saying, Restore all that was hers, and all the proceeds from the field from the day that she left the land until now. Then Elisha went to Damascus, and Ben-Hadad, the king of Syria, was sick, and it was told him, The man of God has come here. And the king said to Hazael, Take a present in your hand, and go to meet the man of God, and inquire of the Lord by him, saying, Shall I recover from this disease? So Hazael went to meet him, and took a present with him, of every good thing of Damascus, forty camel loads, and he came and stood before him, and said, Your son Ben-Hadad, king of Syria, sent me to you, saying, Shall I recover from this disease? And Elisha said to him, Go, say to him, You shall certainly recover. However, the Lord has shown me that he will really die. Then he set his countenance in a stare until he was ashamed, and the man of God wept. And Hazael said, Why is my Lord weeping? He answered, Because I know the evil that you will do to the children of Israel. Their strongholds you will set on fire, and their young men you will kill with a sword, and you will dash their children and rip open their women with child. So Hazael said, But what is your servant, a dog, that he should do this gross thing? Elisha answered, The Lord has shown me that you will become king over Assyria. Then he departed from Elisha and came to his master and said to him, What did Elisha say to you? And he answered, He told me you would surely recover. But it happened on the next day that he took a thick cloth and dipped it in water and spread it over his face so that he died, and Hazael reigned in his place. Now in the fifth year of Joram, the son of Ahab, king of Israel, Jehoshaphat having been king of Judah, Jehoram, the son of Jehoshaphat, began to reign as king of Judah. He was thirty-two years old when he became king, and he reigned eight years in Jerusalem. And he walked in the way of the kings of Israel, just as the house of Ahab had done, for the daughter of Ahab was his wife. And he did evil in the sight of the Lord. Yet the Lord would not destroy Judah for the sake of his servant David, as he promised him to give a lamp to him and his sons forever. In his days Edom revolted against Judah's authority and made a king over themselves. So Joram went to Zair and all his chariots with him. Then he rose by night and attacked the Edomites who had surrounded him and the captains of the chariots, and the troops fled to their tents. 
Thus Edom has been in revolt against Judah's authority to this day. And Libna revolted at that time. Now the rest of the acts of Joram and all that he did, are they not written in the book of the Chronicles of the kings of Judah? So Joram rested with his fathers, and was buried with his fathers in the king, city of David. Then Azahiah his son reigned in his place. In the twelfth year of Joram, son of Ahab, king of Israel, Azahiah the son of Jehoram, king of Judah, began to reign. Azahiah was twenty-two years old when he became king, and he reigned one year in Jerusalem. His mother's name was Athaliah, granddaughter of Omri, king of Israel. And he walked in the way of the house of Ahab, and did evil in the sight of the Lord, like the house of Ahab, for he was son-in-law of the house of Ahab. Now he went with Joram the son of Ahab to war against Hazael king of Syria at Ramath Gilead, and the Syrians wounded Joram. And King Joram went back to Jezreel to recover from the wounds which the Syrians had inflicted on him at Ramah, and he fought against Hazael king of Syria. And Azahiah, son of Jehoram, king of Judah, went down to see Joram, the son of Ahab, in Jezreel, because he was sick. Here endeth the first lesson. Benedictus says, Blessed art thou, O Lord God of our fathers, praised and exalted above all forever. Blessed art thou for the name of thy majesty, praised and exalted above all forever. Blessed art thou in the temple of thy holiness, praised and exalted above all forever. Blessed art thou that beholdest the depths and dwellest between the cherubim, praised and exalted above all forever. Blessed art thou on the glorious throne of thy kingdom, praised and exalted above all forever. Blessed art thou in the firmament of heaven, praised and exalted above all forever. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Here begin at the 17th verse of the 5th chapter of First Timothy. Let the elders who rule well be counted worthy of double honor, especially those who labor in the word and doctrine. For the scripture says, You shall not muzzle an ox while it treads out the grain, and the laborer is worthy of his wages. Do not receive an accusation against an elder except from two or three witnesses. Those who are sinning rebuke in the presence of all, that the rest also may fear. I charge you before God and the Lord Jesus Christ and the elect angels that you observe these things without prejudice, doing nothing with partiality. Do not lay hands on anyone hastily, nor share in other people's sins. Keep yourself pure. No longer drink only water, but use a little wine for your stomach's sake and your frequent infirmities. Some men's sins are clearly evident, preceding them to judgment, but those of some men follow later. Likewise, the good works of some are clearly evident, and those that are otherwise cannot be hidden. Here endeth the second lesson. Benedictus, blessed be the Lord God of Israel, for he hath visited and redeemed his people, and hath raised up a mighty salvation for us in the house of his servant David, 
as he spake by the mouth of his holy prophets, which have been since the world began, that we should be saved from our enemies and from the hand of all that hate us, to perform the mercy promised to our forefathers and to remember his holy covenant, to perform the oath which he sware to our forefather Abraham that he would give us, that we, being delivered out of the hand of our enemies, might serve him without fear, in holiness and righteousness before him, all the days of our life. And thou, child, shalt be called the prophet of the highest, for thou shalt go before the face of the Lord to prepare his ways, to give knowledge of salvation unto his people, for the remission of their sins, through the tender mercy of our God, whereby the day spring from on high hath visited us, to give light to them that sit in darkness and in the shadow of death, and to guide our feet into the way of peace. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, Maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, His only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Ghost, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven, and sitteth on the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Ghost, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. The Lord be with you. And with thy spirit. Let us pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. O Lord, show thy mercy upon us. And grant us thy salvation. O God, may clean our hearts within us. And take not thy Holy Spirit from us. O Almighty and most merciful God, of thy bountiful goodness, keep us, we beseech thee, from all things that may hurt us, that we, being ready both in body and soul, may cheerfully accomplish those things which thou hast commanded us through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Almighty God, who hast knit together thine elect in one communion and fellowship in the mystical body of thy Son, Christ our Lord, grant us grace so to follow these, thy blessed saints in all virtuous and godly living, that we may come to those unspeakable joys which thou hast prepared for those who unfeignedly love thee, through the same thy Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. O God, who art the author of peace and lover of concord, in knowledge of whom standeth our eternal life, whose service is perfect freedom, defend us, thy humble servants, in all assaults of our enemies, that we, surely trusting in thy defense, may not fear the power of any adversaries, through the might of Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. O Lord, our Heavenly Father, almighty and everlasting God, who has safely brought us to the beginning of this day, Defend us in the same with thy mighty power, and grant that this day we fall into no sin, neither run into any kind of danger, 
but that all our doings, being ordered by thy governance, may be righteous in thy sight, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Good morning to all. Our lesson from Kings today kind of has some random Elisha stories. It, it, it brings back in this woman of Shunem, who's just called the woman whom he helped, uh, who... Um, and it, it's kind of a type of, of something we see in the scriptures a lot where there's a famine and uh, because of the famine, people go away, hearkens to the famine land of Canaan and, you know, uh, uh, Israel goes to Egypt and God brings them back. And so this woman has a sort of, there's a sort of typology to her story of providing for her in the land of Philistines and bringing her back and being restored. It also shows Elisha's influence in, in various areas of society and sort of shows the presence of the man of God, and even God orchestrating things, that's what's really happening underneath the um, appearance of a, of a, a king who's really unjust. And, and that's the other thing we have going on here is that um, what, what these books, and we should remember that, that kings, First uh, and Second Kings, like First and Second Samuel in um, the Jewish scripture are called the former prophets. These are prophetic books that are showing us, and they're really showing us how the behavior, the unfaithful behavior of the northern kings is leading to judgment. It's really where we're headed to, towards here, that this, this perpetual um, practice of idolatry in the northern kingdom, ignoring the, the prophetic witness of Elijah, and now Elisha calling for repentance, is going to come to judgment, which... Um, Reminds us even just an enduring lesson of the world we live in. There's a lot of things that are seeming to prosper uh, in the world around us. A lot of things that the people of God get, you know, unsettled about. But uh, God's kingdom is present as it was present in Elisha. And in this regard, so he's present now in his church, in his word, in his community. And what's going on in the world that is contrary to that is going to be overthrown. And, and we'll see the same thing that's going to happen to the northern kingdom here. Um, we should note with the uh, prophecy of uh, the um, Hazael comes to him to ask about Ben-Hadad, you, you know, that he's, I think what ha he's shocked that, that Elisha understands he's probably plotting to kill the king. So he, he, he uncovers both things uh, prophetically uh, that, that shows again that, that Elisha and God, nothing is really hidden from God's eyes. God knows and underneath the schemes of humans, God's overarching uh, sovereignty and plan, his will will be done, which is the mystery of, of the cross, how God carries out his will through, through the bad things people do, but God never lets go of his sovereignty of making all things work together for good for those who love him or are called according to his purpose. The uh, Timothy lesson is a kind of a, uh, we should remember here that, that this is a pastoral epistle paul writing to timothy who has oversight of churches as opposed to some of the other new testament epistles where it's paul writing to churches over a direct pastoral charge and and the the, the instruction in this section is really about church leadership elders or presbyters what would come in the tradition eventually to morph into the word priest so we have um you know sort of Paul, the apostle, writing to, to Timothy, the bishop, giving instructions on how to deal with congregations which would largely be ruled by presbyters or priests, 
as the word came to be. And he says a few things about that. He says they should, that elders or presbyters should be counted worthy of double honor, especially those who labor in the word of God and, 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 and doctrine. This kind of combats the notion that, that ministers should be impoverished and, and should, uh, should, should, you know, should, should have not be paid very well. Paul's point is, this, um, if we're going to value the word of God and the ministry, it should be esteemed well, both in reputation and in, as he makes clear in using the example of the ox while he's threshing, in pay. They should, they should be, and, and this should, we should note here the distinction between a settled church situation. These are likely house churches overseen by elders and versus uh, missionary situations where, um, you go out to preach the gospel and you're supported by the somebody who sends you because because the gospel is not yet planted. You don't want to ask money from the people to whom you're preaching. So you, so you take it from someone who sends you. You see St. Paul, this happened with St. Paul, where he takes money from the Philippians to go minister somewhere else. But in the settled house church situation, it's clear here we have the expectation of of a more uh, stable system. We have the implication, the clear implication of the tithe, uh, that people are going to be coming, going to be, the new Israel is going to be tithing, and out of that tithe, the elders would be paid well. I mean, he says a lot of other just disciplinary stuff about not receiving an accusation without two or three witnesses, which is right from the Torah. And he talks about uh, um, the sins of some are evident and some take longer to, to reveal. So we're dealing with people who might go into ministry. We want to have a lot of patience and let the character of a, of a person be drawn out and developed over time and not lay hands on anyone hastily where it looked really good. And then all of a sudden later on, it, 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 um, it blows up, which is uh, a lesson that, that we learn over time in the church. Patience, never be in a hurry on these things. And then, of course, there's this one of our favorite verses where uh, Paul commands Timothy not to drink only water, but to use a little wine for medicinal purposes, uh, a sort of uh, exhortation the Anglicans uh, enjoy hearing. So a few thoughts about today's lessons. Continuing with a prayer for all conditions of men. O God, the creator and preserver of all mankind, we humbly beseech thee for all sorts and conditions of men, that thou wouldest be pleased to make thy ways known unto them, thy saving health unto all nations. More especially we pray for thy holy church universal, that it may be so guided and governed by thy good spirit, that all who profess and call themselves Christians may be led into the way of truth and hold the faith in unity of spirit, in the bond of peace and in righteousness of life. Finally, we commend to thy fatherly goodness all those who are in any ways afflicted or distressed, in mind, body, or estate, especially those for whom we make our prayers at this time. that it may please thee to comfort and relieve them according to their several necessities, 
giving them patience under their sufferings and a happy issue out of all their afflictions. And this we beg for Jesus Christ's sake. Amen. Together the general thanksgiving. Almighty God, Father of all mercies, we, thine unworthy servants, do give thee most humble and hearty thanks for all thy goodness and loving kindness to us and to all men. We bless thee for our creation, preservation, and all the blessings of this life, but above all for thine inestimable love and the redemption of the world by our Lord Jesus Christ, for the means of grace and for the hope of glory. And we beseech thee, give us that due sense of all thy mercies, that our hearts may be unfeignedly thankful, and that we show forth thy praise not only with our lips, but in our lives, by giving up ourselves to thy service, and by walking before thee in holiness and righteousness all our days, through Jesus Christ our Lord, to whom with thee and the Holy Ghost be all honor and glory, world without end. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Ghost be with us all evermore. Amen. Thank you, Joel. Thank you, Bishop. Uh, we started the day right. Let's have a great Thursday and, and continue in our walk with the Lord. Thank you, Deacon Bob. Thank you, Bishop Scarlett. Have a wonderful day, everybody. Hey, Deacon Bob, sorry about that. I couldn't, for some reason, I couldn't unmute. We got you covered. But I apologize. I that happened. No problem, Ed. We'll, we'll do it again. Okay, thank you. You needed the miracle of Jesus, you know, loosening the tongue. <laughs> <laughs> Revealing the scriptures to everyone. Computer, computer wise, you were tongue tied. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, anyway, I, I'll try to do better next time. <laughs> you know, if I had time, I would have unmuted it from where I am. But sometimes when I'm doing that, I, I can't do both things. So, no. Okay. All right. That's no, no problem, Ed. Okay. Thank you. Bye, everyone.